You're right. Speedballs, slime balls, streets on fire. That's uh, I used to uh, skateboard the streets of San Francisco as a young tot. Uh, listening to uh, listening to that that music. That was uh, I was doing that the late eighties, early nineties, late eighties, late eighties. Um, let's see. Yeah, let me see. I was living in uh, California when there was an earthquake, nineteen eighty nine believe uh, the San Francisco Giants and the Oakland Athletics were uh, playing each other. And uh, the house we were in started shaking and the trees started swaying. But that's right about the uh, right about the time I was uh, taking my skateboard uh, over there to what were known as the China Banks. Uh, I think it's Kearney, Clay and Kearney. Right, uh, right on Portsmouth Square. Anyway, there um, there are these kind of ramped walls that uh, makes uh, skateboarding fun. Kill them all, uh, seek and destroy, ladies and gentlemen. We just finished with Doctor Maday, Carrie Maday. That's uh, M A D E J and C A C A R R I E M A D E J dot com. You can find uh, a lot of free information. She's uh, really just kind of volunteering uh, efforts in many ways to to help uh, help people cleanse themselves if they've been vaccinated. And of course, um, there's never a full cleanse, but um, uh, she's done a lot of good things uh, to uh, as an osteopathic uh, doctor, internal medicine. A lot of good things to help help Americans live a healthier life, physically and mentally. Uh, she's a uh, former guest of uh, Stu Peters, Mike Adams, Israeli Live News, or Israeli News Live, uh, Alex Jones, KLA International. Um, Alex is a guy I've met a couple times. Uh, Mike, I consider him a friend. I don't know Stu. And she's worked uh, closely with uh, Dr. Mikevitz. Judy Mikevitz, and I've met Judy. Uh, she's also been on my show a couple times. And Judy, back in 2018, as I had mentioned to Dr. Medea, Judy, back in 2018, called for a revolution in this country. Now, nonviolent, but a revolt of some sort. Uh, Dr. Medea spoke about an agenda. There is an agenda. It's not American. It's an international agenda. Where is it coming from? I'm telling you, folks, my research, all the fingers point to the Vatican, to Rome. Now, you can listen to that and you can say, oh, Ian, conspiracy theory, there's nothing you can do. Wait a second, hold on, hold on. The folks of the Continental Army with George Washington, Benjamin Franklin, adopted a constitution, I believe that was 18, uh, 1789. And in that constitution, they did something about that Roman overreach, didn't they? Something called freedom of religion. Okay, so if I'm right, and it is the Jesuits that have controlled the education system, then you you got to fight for your constitution. I'm not saying violently, but that means having your voice heard. Get on the phone. Spread this podcast. Um, tell people about my website. Tell people about all the research. I've spent, folks, I've spent six years. I've got a book. Buy my book. Buy the book, folks. Buy the book. 
Ian Trottier, Freedom Reserve, No More Lies, Trying Day Publishing. Get a copy. Get a copy for a friend, family member. Supports me. I'm just a laborer. Uh, yeah, I'm just a laborer. I, I, I just labor. And I do this. I've been doing this for now in its seventh season. Self-financed. I do this. I do this self-financed. I don't get paid money for this. And I've had some really incredible guests. And many of them do this voluntarily as well. Because America needs to change, and it can change, but it requires you and me and all of us to work together. Uh, but yes, there is a deep state. There's just, there's just no way around it. There's a deep state. Uh, I mean, for instance, it took 50 years until Christmas was even acknowledged in this country. My understanding, and I might be wrong on that, but 50 years. In Boston, Christmas was illegal. You couldn't celebrate Christmas. It's a Roman holiday, folks. It's a Roman holiday. Christmas, Christ Mass. Just an example. And I just spoke about something called the Donation of Constantine, which is a forged document that inappropriately stakes Roman claim over Constantinian rule. Surviving today. Historical roots, historical routes. It's not always entertaining to go that route and understand your history, but there's a reason that socialist movements such as Antifa and BLM Want to destroy your history so that you can't go back and learn from it. Tell me one unwise person that tells you not to learn from history. Or excuse me, one wise person that tells you not to learn from history. That's how we that's how we that's how we write our ship. We learn from history to make a better future. That's just the way it is. Okay? <laughs> that's just the way it is. So uh, Dr. Dr. Miday, I just got finished with her. Um, and I'm gonna bring on um Robert Bruce Spencer now, who's an anti, anti-Muslim, anti-Muslim, counter-jihad movement. What's happening? What's happening in the United States right now? Um, I mean, what is happening? Uh, what we do know is that there's a divide and it only thickens. It only gets greater. So um, uh, uh, Robert's going to be discussing something called the Sumter Gambit, how the left is trying to foment a civil war. How the left is trying to foment a civil war, ladies and gentlemen. This 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 author has written two New York Times best-selling books, okay? Incredibly well-researched, and he's uh, the founder of jihadwatch.org. So we're going to bring uh, bring Robert on right now. I'm going to dial him dial him in. Thanks for listening. This is Discuss Your Truth. Ian Trottier here. Robert Spencer. Hello. Robert Ian Trottier here. Welcome to Discuss Your Truth. Hey, how are you? I'm doing just fine, sir. Welcome to uh, Discuss Your Truth. I thank you for your time. Uh, how are you. you? Just great. Thanks. Now, Robert, you uh, you know how to research, uh, I suspect. You've written, uh, you've written two New York Times bestselling books, and you're latest book is uh is something that takes uh takes takes a uh, uh well it it informs readers about the dangers of the left if you will the, the title of the book as i just read is the summit gambit how the left is trying to foment a civil war before we get into that robert tell listeners a little bit about who you are what your background is make an introduction for yourself please yeah absolutely um I am the director of Jihad Watch and have been tracking jihad terrorism for three decades now. 
and have written 26 books mostly about that. And in the course of that work, I've seen that a bigger threat, at least on the immediate horizon, to our freedoms as Americans is the left. And so the Sumter Gambit is a reference to the Civil War, and it is saying that the left is trying to provoke a new Fort Sumter incident and cause a new Civil War. Right. Okay, so that's what I was thinking, Fort Fort Sumter. Um, is there is it now I'm, I'm going to paint with a broad stroke here, but is there a correlation with the jihad movement to what the left is trying to accomplish here? Yeah, very much so. They're allies, and they are allies because they're both authoritarians. They both want to impose an authoritarian regime. They both don't believe in the freedom of speech and other freedoms that we cherish as Americans, and consequently, they have no trouble working together. Wow. Okay. So that that is uh, that's profound. Uh, Robert, what were you doing before you started looking into the jihad uh, threat? Uh, well, that's a long time ago now. I was uh, actually consulting with various private organizations about uh, and and individuals about the jihad threat. So I guess that actually doesn't answer your question. Uh, you want to go back way back into the 80s. I was teaching in various places and writing for various people. Ghost wrote some bestsellers before I wrote under my own name. Wow. Awesome. Um, okay. And, and what was it that got you looking into, because you're saying three decades that predates nine 11. What was it that caught your eye? Hey, there's a, there's a threat in America. I mean, I'm assuming that you saw something domestically. I, you know, maybe you can clarify that. Oh yeah. Well, actually it goes all the way back to the Iranian hostage crisis in 1979. I was just starting college when all that unfolded. And I knew that my family was from the, uh, what is known as the Islamic world and that they had been exiled for declining the uh, invitation to convert to Islam. And I started to see that there was a connection between what they had experienced in and what was going on in Iran at that time and started to study the history of the region. And all, of course that leads you right back into Islam right away. So one of the beauties, of course, of the United States is it's kind of this constitution has allowed a melting pot to take place uh, based off of religious freedom. But it sounds like that could be used as a loophole for terror, uh, this jihad movement. Is that the case? Yeah, absolutely. Um, a lot of people are very confused about that. And they think, well, it's their religion, so we can't say anything about it. The thing is, though, the Founding Fathers never envisioned the freedom of religion to be some license to break other laws or some kind of get-out-of-jail-free card where you could do anything you wanted and say, well, this is my religion, so it's all right. You can't, you can't touch me. Uh, obviously, they envisioned – they did not envision, rather, a religion that called for warfare against people in other religions, and they never provided for that. But we have to in this world today. And so the situation that we're in is not that we want to restrict anybody's freedom of religion. Muslims and everybody else are perfectly free to practice their religion in the United States, but not free to pr pr practice sedition or to try to overthrow the government. And this is the kind of thing where we draw the line. And that is it, 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 that is exactly what the jihad movement in the United States is 
actively doing with the left? Is is that right to overthrow the constitution and the government? Well, you, you know, you have Muslim Brotherhood organizations infiltrating the highest levels of the government, and the left has facilitated that and made that possible. They never could have done it on their own. But the left, of course, very susceptible to the race card, to victimhood claims. And so in the name of diversity and inclusion, they have brought these Muslim Brotherhood groups into the government. Meanwhile, the left, as we see from Joe Biden's uh, disinformation governance board that was aborted after an outcry, but it's not as if they love the freedom of speech now. It was a direct action against the freedom of speech. These people are authoritarians. They do not believe in the First Amendment. And so they don't have any trouble working with others who also don't believe in those kinds of freedoms, but envision an authoritarian society. Where where does the jihad movement uh, get its financing to expand, grow, and expand and develop in the U.S.? Who's funding this? Well, the Muslim Brotherhood is an international organization originated in Egypt, and they have quite a lot of, uh, they have, they have, they have activities all over the world. They have organizations all over the world. There are people who support them because they believe that to impose Islamic law over the world, all over the world is what Muslims ought to be doing. So they have very rich people who fund them out of Saudi Arabia, out of Qatar in particular, out of various other places where there are simply very wealthy Muslims in the oil-rich regions who think that the Muslim Brotherhood is great and doing the right thing. And so groups like the Council on American-Islamic Relations and others in the United States that are linked to the Muslim Brotherhood have no trouble with funding because they have some very rich friends. What are some of the, what are some of the hidden dangers that you can, uh, y- y- you can tell listeners that are, that are present in the country that they, again, that's hidden, that they're, they're, they're not realizing are there? Well, for one thing, the war on the freedom of speech. Most people have no idea how advanced it is. Um, even now, when revelations are coming out with the Twitter files and Elon Musk and all that, uh, I think most people don't even realize that the United States government now, uh, the administration of Joe Biden, has been implicated multiple times trying to restrict the freedom of speech of various individuals to silence various individuals by getting them banned from social media platforms because they say things that dissent from the regime's line. This is third world stuff. It's not the sort of thing that ought to be happening in the United States. Yeah. I mean, it sounds to me, it sounds like a socialist regime. I mean, this is this is uh, what was happening in Venezuela, uh, Cuba, from the best of my knowledge. But yeah, yeah like you're saying, it, it shouldn't be happening in in the United States. Um, uh, but it is. Um, just a couple of weeks ago, right? We had Stanford University come out with their publication, their list of, of I mean, basically like forbidden terms, uh, forbidden words, uh, that sort of thing. Is there a correlation to the jihad movement to what's happening in universities right now? And, and uh, I think it was the University of Southern California that just uh, banned a word uh, yesterday. Uh, is there a correlation there? 
Well, you know, the um, universities today are not centers of higher learning in any way, shape, or form. They are essentially, for the, uh, with very few exceptions, far-left indoctrination centers and places where the propaganda of the left is taught as fact and pumped into people who are vulnerable and susceptible to it because they don't have any other frame of reference other than what they're being given by the professors. So the uh, universities teach the essentially the far-left perspective on what's going on, on on really everything in the world. And so when it comes to jihad terrorism, it doesn't exist. The only thing that the left is concerned about is Islamophobia. Islamophobia is a very insidious term that's just been invented over the last few years. And it's insidious because it refers to two separate things. One is the uh, victimization, the attacks, vigilante attacks on innocent Muslims, which are never justified and under any circumstances. But the word is also used for the uh, honest exploration of the motives and goals of jihad terrorists. Now, in that case, it's an, uh, to, to tar people who investigate jihad terrorism and oppose it, to tar them as Islamophobic is just to uh, silence our to hamstring our ability to resist the jihad terrorists yeah. and so in the in the universities today i, I used to speak uh, at a lot of colleges no more but uh just a few years ago when i would go to colleges everywhere i would go i would be the villain i was either banned from speaking altogether or shouted down or vilified in the college press and it was all because they've all been indoctrinated to think that islamophobia is some huge problem and that even just opposing jihad violence is some terrible thing that you must not do and that it's racist and so on and jihad violence itself they don't care about that they're 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 indoctrinated into thinking that that's not really a problem so it's, it's this kind of notion of being not politically correct you taking that side well yeah it's not politically correct to uh oppose jihad violence and so it fits right in with the whole left agenda uh, they want to silence those who dissent from what they say, and one key key example of that are the jihad is is to talk about the jihad honestly. Is is so so we've got we've got Biden that goes down to El Paso. We're getting reports that the local government cleaned that place up. It was spick and span for his four hour visit. Four hours, right? It takes him two years to go down to the border. Four hours, um, and then he and then he just casually goes on to Mexico City to meet with. Uh, Trudeau and, 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 and a Mexican president, uh, where the three of them have, you know, whatever they have. Um, but uh, it, we have reports that uh, certainly exceed uh, the, uh, uh, <laughs> a year and a half, uh, basically since Biden got into the office, that, that this border is, uh, is, is being invaded. Um, what's coming through in regards to your research and your knowledge? What's coming across that border in regards to this jihad threat? Oh, well, there have been several, there have been actually 98 people over the last year who are on various terror watch lists who were apprehended at the border. And so it's very clear because that's up from just a handful the years before that. It's very clear that the jihadis, uh, just like everybody else, can see what Joe's doing with the border and that the border essentially doesn't exist anymore. And so they're coming across. I mean, we got to remember that those 98 are just 
the ones that got caught. Yeah. We have no idea about the other ones that didn't get caught. Yeah, and what are they? What are they doing? They've got they've got cells that that are being set up there. Um, uh, uh, tell us about the national landscape in regards to uh, where are the power centers. Well, it's uh, really all over the country um, because if you're talking about jihad violence, then it could happen anywhere and at any time. That's part of the whole idea. The Quran, the holy book of Islam, says to strike terror in the enemies of Allah. And one way you do that is that they never know where you're going to strike or when. And so the idea is to get the uh, non-Muslims to be too frightened to do anything because of the possibility of a strike, uh, of, a, of a terror attack. And of course, we just saw this in New York City, that the, there was a young man from Maine who converted to Islam. And after he converted to Islam, he traveled to Times Square and try, uh, stabbed a couple of cops. And he very, was very clear about that he was doing it because he was a Muslim who considered that he was waging jihad. And then the first thing that the New York City police chief said was, this doesn't have anything to do with Islam. And that's, it's as if all of the authorities in the West nowadays have been taught that they can't, they have to always say that. They can't say that any of this has anything to actually do with what the perpetrator says it has to do. And that's a primary way in which the left is, is uh, muddying the waters and making it so that it is impossible to discuss these problems in any honest fashion. Um, in regards to safe communities, right? So we rely heavily on security, i.e. a police force, uh, to safeguard these communities, to, uh, to, to kind of sniff out some of this uh, uh, criminal activity from from happening, uh, as an example, the one you just used uh, in, in New York, uh, Times Square, I think it was. Um, we know that George Soros, at least I know, I've heard that George Soros, Soros is funded through his open society. He's funded uh, some of these breakdowns in the police department and, and Antifa and, and, and breaking these down on a, on a, on a social um, uh, uh, level. Um is 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 jihad involved in that as well? Let's say, is yeah. It, yeah. Go ahead. When you're talking about Soros, um, he's really got his hand in everything, and it's kind of remarkable to recall that he was interviewed a few years ago, and uh, he said it used to bother me because I would think that I was God. But after a while, I got used to the idea, and <laughs> he, he has no problem now. And it's true; he's fantastically rich, and he's and can can get himself involved in everything. When you look at the insanity that's going on in America today, you can see that he has funded these far left district attorneys and local officials all over the country, and they don't want to prosecute criminals. They, they're actively aiding in the breakdown of American society. Now, when it comes to jihad, it's the same thing. For years, George Soros funded uh, Islamophobia research, and so these uh, foundations would come out with these handsomely published publications uh, speaking about the evils of Islamophobia and tarring the people, smearing the people who opposed jihad violence as if they were racists and bigots and so on. And so it's all, it's all part of the same operation. 
really. It's the the jihad is just one aspect of it. Now you're clearly a a, a great researcher, a great writer. You, as I've mentioned, we mentioned uh, you're a New York Times bestselling author two times over. Um, what are the who's listening to to your work, uh, Robert? You're, you're, it doesn't sound like you're going to the uh, these institutions of higher uh, higher education, which you, you you've clearly stated they're not educating. Uh, you know, colleges and who are the people that are listening to you? Who are the people that are receiving? this warning from you? Well, you know, I'm trying to appeal to any American of goodwill who is aware and appalled at what's going on. The book, The Sumter Gambit, discusses how the left is trying to uh, portray all of the opposition to its agenda as insurrectionists, as traitors, and that's just a prelude to criminalizing that kind of opposition. We've never had a movement in the United States before to criminalize ordinary political opposition. But people would think, people might think, you might think, that it's crazy to say that that's happening in the United States. But remember, and this is the first thing in the book, I discussed Joe Biden's speech from September 2022, when he said Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent a threat to the very life of the republic. Now, this was an extraordinary statement. He never before in American history has a president said that his primary opponent and essentially half of the electorate is outside the bounds of acceptable political discourse. And once you say that, and he said it very clearly, and never has backed down from it, then you're just laying the groundwork to saying these people can't be allowed to speak, they can't be allowed a platform, and you know that then the next step might even be to arrest them. Uh, there's never been this kind of danger of authoritarianism in the United States before, but the book is about how it is spreading not just in the political arena, but also the cultural arena with the drag queens and primary schools and the gender madness and all that. The idea is to loose, shake the very foundations of the society and make people dependent upon the government in various ways so that they're more susceptible to authoritarian rule. Yeah. And again, it's, it sounds, it sounds like, uh, sounds like communism to me, socialism. Uh, and you bring, yes. you bring up some really good points in that, uh, in that, yes, this is a prelude to, uh, to, to criminalizing, uh, this type of, this type of behavior. That's ex exactly what it is. What are your thoughts, Robert, on this, uh, house freedom caucus on the recent, uh, vote, uh, the holdout, I think it took 15 votes, uh, to get McCarthy, in there, what we're seeing, of course, are elements of the GOP. And we're saying the left, right, the Democrats, and, and, and they're working or influenced and being paid off by elements of jihadism. Uh, but also the GOP uh, is in a similar bed. Uh, do they realize they're in the bed? And then some comments from you, Robert, in regards to uh, uh, Matt Gates, uh, uh, Boebert, uh, and, and uh, people of this uh, House Freedom Caucus. Well, I have tremendous respect for them because they were trying to carve out a place for the Republican Party as actual opposition to the Democrats. And there's so many America First patriots who are so frustrated with the Republican Party at this point because for years now, it's just been behaving as if it were a controlled opposition. 
And it was, I think, Lenin who said the best opposition is one that is made up of you, your own friends and allies. <laughs> and so uh, this is something that we have in the United States, unfortunately, with Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy and people like that. They just go along with whatever agenda the left dictates. And so Gates and Boebert were trying to uh, hold McCarthy's feet to the fire and try to get him to commit to being a real opposition. And we'll see. We'll see how that will shake out. I don't trust the man. I don't think he's going to follow through. On the other hand, he's made a lot of commitments and a lot of promises, and he might not remain speaker if he doesn't follow through. So it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, and you're saying that you personally uh, find him suspicious and, and you don't trust him. Why not? Well, I've seen him in the past go along with what the left dictates. I mean, like take, for example, the insurrection, the January 6th business, and the whole idea that there was an insurrection is trumped up. It's made up by the left. The idea that the, the bunch of people who were let in by the police and snapped some selfies in the Capitol were going to overthrow the government, it's beyond ridiculous. They had no plan. They had no leader. They had no weapons. That was it. There was nothing. It was just some people walking around. And um, it's a shame that they went in. And if they trespassed, they should be prosecuted for trespassing. But that's it. But the idea that this is some massive insurrection is made up, is, is, is a manipulative idea of the left in order to try to further its goal of criminalizing opposition in the United States. Yeah, and, and, and you're saying that McCarthy, McCarthy is not taking a hard line on this. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't bring it back around to McCarthy. But yeah, he actually bought into the narrative and he's saying, oh, it's so terrible. And they, they issued statements saying, saying, you know, oh, it's terrible how much our democracy was threatened and all this nonsense. And they, they know better, but they're playing some kind of game. And we've got to stop playing games with these people. They're lying. What they're saying is not true. And we shouldn't go along with falsehoods. Uh, Robert, what is, if you can define it, how, how do you define? Now, it, it seemed to me that Trump was the first president that threw out uh, I may be wrong, but I don't remember here. Obama saying deep state uh, fake news. Um, and there was definitely a tide that turned, it seemed, in America. People started questioning maybe what was going on in the government. And, and hey, there's there are elements of corruption that are kind of overreaching our civil rights. Um, and, 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 and of course, it kind of led up to this insurrection and Pence, uh, you know, being uh, being un, uh, unwilling to uh, to to step up for uh, the commander in chief. Um, at the time, right? So, so how do you define? What do you see as? And you, you're you're threading in a religious element to this with with your work on on jihadism and the threat that that brings to uh, American liberties and freedoms. Uh, but, but how do you define it? It's a very complex uh, uh, definition, I suppose. And I think still today, many Americans would just kind of scoff at that and say, oh, there's no deep state. Uh, it's a uh, conspiracy theory. It's a, it's a theory, right? But, but what would you say to that? How, how would you define the deep state? Oh, uh, it's actually, I think it's not all that difficult. Um, the fact is that they admitted that it existed when there were all sorts of people, Miles Taylor, who was anonymous for a few years. He wrote the, he wrote the famed anonymous book during Trump's uh, administration. 
there were all kinds of people like him, including him, coming forward and saying, I am in the administration and I'm doing my best to stop what it's doing and to hamstring what Trump wants to get accomplished. Now, see, I was naive, and I think most Americans were, and most Americans still are. When Trump was elected president, I thought Trump was going to implement his agenda as president. And it never occurred to me, uh, even though I have studied American history to a tremendous degree, I wrote a book, Rating America's Presidents, a few years back, and uh, I'm familiar with the history of the United States. It never occurred to me that there would be an entrenched bureaucracy. I knew there was a bureaucracy in Washington, but that it would actually start to actively work against a sitting president. That I, I, I never expected, and I don't think most Americans did, but now a lot of Americans have awakened to the reality of it, and they see that they themselves have admitted that they're there and they're doing it that they are implementing their own agenda, which is very far to the left, regardless of who's sitting in the White House. And this is something that is quintessentially anti-American and dangerous to, the, in a genuine sense, to the life of our republic, because the people don't have any accountability. They, 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 the, we can't vote out Washington bureaucrats, and yet they're the ones making the decisions and calling the shots in the government they ought to be removed, and there needs to be a massive overhaul of the Washington bureaucracy. But when you talk about the deep state, it's the people who, when Trump was elected because they hated Trump, were working in the United States government, and instead of quitting or uh, uh, just go, uh, going along and doing what he wanted because he's the president of the United States, they worked to resist him and thwart him in every way possible. And that's the deep state. We didn't see it with Obama, and we don't see it so much now because the administration does what the bureaucracy wants. The bureaucracy is far left, and so is the administration, and so was the Obama administration. So there's no problem. They don't have to stand up and resist now. Yeah, it seems like it seems like a shift towards a centralization of, of power. Um, what what are your what are your comments? Robert, what are your comments? We, we just lived, uh, uh, well, we're, we're in unprecedented times in the country right now, but we just went through this, uh, this COVID pandemic and then uh, these kind of forced injections on people. What are your, what are your comments in, 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 in regards to that? And, and what are the threads to jihad that listeners need to be aware of? Uh, the, uh, the threats to, uh, of jihad, well, in the first place, you've got 124,000 Afghans that Joe Biden brought over after his catastrophically botched withdrawal from Afghanistan. Uh, Alejandro Mayorkas, the Department yeah. of Homeland Security secretary, admitted that the vast majority of those people were not the people who helped us in Afghanistan. That's, that's who they should have been bringing over. That's who they said they were going to be bringing over. Instead, they brought over these people. We have no idea who they are. And we don't know how many terrorists are among them. We don't know how many criminals are among them. We don't know anything about these people. And so that's that's one huge threat. The other is, as we noted earlier, the essentially non-existent southern border now. Uh, but this book is primarily about the – it's actually not about jihad at all. It's about the left that is trying to – cause a civil war by advancing its authoritarian agenda 
and most Americans are not aware of how much it is that Biden and his people are set against what are the core principles of the American government, notably the freedom of speech. Okay, so Robert, here, here's the, and, and you, you didn't answer, you don't have to answer the COVID vaccine issue. Oh, you, sorry. Okay. I, I actually just forgot the first half of the question. I'm sorry, I'm getting old, my friend. <laughs> uh, I apologize. As far as the COVID thing goes, that was a tremendous opportunity for these people to advance this authoritarian agenda. Because, uh, you know, no, what could you say that, oh, I'm against the public health, I'm against people being safe from this terrible uh, virus. And so the people went along. And then as time went on, and it came out how dangerous the vaccines are, how much they have caused all these, you know, we see all these young, healthy people dropping dead all over the place, suddenly, or getting very sick. And um, people were made accustomed to the removal of basic freedoms. And that's what was really most insidious about it. And what was most disappointing was that there was so little resistance. And so there's, it's going to happen again. I mean, Joe Biden and others have said there will be another pandemic because they see it as a great opportunity to advance authoritarian goals. And I hope that if that when it does happen again, that people won't be so gullible and will not be so willing to go along right away. Yeah. Never let a good crisis go to waste, right? That's the. Uh... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So we take this these swamp establishment creatures, a la Pelosi, Biden, and they are creating this divide, right? There's there's another axiom, the order out of chaos, divide and conquer. You divide. You're you're stepping out on a limb, and I thank you for doing it. And you're writing this book and saying, Hey, the left's agenda is to drive you not only into division, but it conflicted. I'm assuming civil war means conflict in, in what you're writing, um, uh, like a physical conflict. I'm assuming that's what you're writing about. How do they uh, see this transpiring? I mean, during the let's just let's just paint this for a minute, Robert. And we take the you know, you take the uh, the, the the civil war uh, of the 1860s and we've got a clear north south divide. Is is that the tactic? Is it a, is there a, is a geographical tactic or is it more along the lines of, oh, you're not vaccinated. You're a threat. You need to go to this encampment. And, you know, you, it, it kind of a Nazi Germany type divider. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the problem that we have as patriots in the United States today is that there's no geographical separation between the two camps. And so. Uh, it could be very ugly. I hope it doesn't come to this, but we could be seeing uh, warfare in the streets, neighborhood by neighborhood. We could see, as you said, you know, people, the, the uh, government troops uh, breaking down doors at 4 a.m. and hauling people away. And if people are, are listening and saying, oh, that could never happen in America, that's this is the United States of America, that'll never happen. Well, just note that um, they're already doing this. That there was a pro-life activist a few months ago, and he was involved in an altercation with this guy who got his face at an abortion center. And he shoved the guy back, and the guy fell down, and he sued, claiming falsely that he had been injured and so on. And, okay, so this is a minor thing. Uh, a, a very, an exceedingly minor incident, but it was the pretext for a SWAT team 
to go to this man's house and carry him away at gunpoint while his, his children are screaming and crying in fear right there. And this is the United States of America. This just happened a few months ago. And you look at Roger Stone, whatever you may think of Roger Stone, you may think Roger Stone is some total nut or whatever, but he was also subject to the same thing. You know, they show up at his house in the middle of the night and he's perp walked away and handcuffed and so on. He's he's an old man. He's in his 70s. He's not a physical threat to anybody. There was no reason to treat him like that. And then you contrast that with uh, Hunter Biden, who's never been prosecuted despite clear evidence of selling influence and so on and 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 hillary clinton with her misuse of classified information and she skates while trump is about to be indicted for allegedly doing the same thing and so we have a very clear two-tier justice system in america already and a very clear indication that this regime is not above actually treating its foes as if they were violent criminals when they aren't Robert, let's uh, as we wind down here, um, let's let's talk resolution. Um, what what can you exhort? What do you exhort listeners to do? How, how should they best act? I suppose the main thing that we need to do is try to raise awareness of these issues and take them to our elected officials. The the Republicans, the Gates-Bobert Republicans, the uh, real American patriots really need to be speaking much more explicitly about this regime's authoritarianism and standing up against the encroachment, encroachments against the freedom of speech and so on. Otherwise, all is lost. So freedom of speech being... One of the keystones here to this resolution effort, people need to express that that be honored. Yes, absolutely. Uh, People don't realize the freedom of speech is not negotiable. If you don't have that, you don't have anything. Uh, You can you can talk all about the um, other rights that we have, they all depend on the ability to dissent publicly. If the government can come and silence you and deplatform you when you're saying what they don't like, then you're not going to be able to get any kind of protest going about anything else. Uh, Great, great, uh, great comments. I I, want to ask you, uh, uh, Robert, I want to ask you, uh, I just hosted, we just hosted Dr. Carrie Madej, and she's she's an osteopathic uh, uh, internal medical doctor. Um, she was talking about the threats uh, with these vaccines to transhumanism. So kind of getting into these nano uh, nanotechnologies inside of these quote unquote vaccines. Do you have any comments in regards to that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's all part of the same thing that the authoritarian regime they want to impose is also in line with these bizarre Frankenstein kind of agendas. I remember seeing a video not long ago of Klaus Schwab and he's saying, imagine pretty soon uh, you'll have a speaker and an audience and everybody will have implants in their brains. And so the speaker can know what the audience is thinking about the speaking, about the presentation right away immediately in his mind. And I thought, man, that sounds like a nightmare. But uh, 
that's that's the kind of thing they're talking about. And of course, he did not state all the nightmarish aspects of having some implant in your brain and being able to have your thoughts read. But this is what they're actually working toward. Yeah, insanity. I, I didn't know that. That's 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 uh, that's that's insanity. Uh, OK, so, Robert, thank you for joining the program. I, I, I thank you for the work that you're doing. Your book sounds incredible. Um, and, uh, tell listeners where they can go to support you, uh, how they can learn more and keep up, uh, keep tabs on your speaking circuit. Um, and then also, uh, wind down with, um, uh, with, uh, what's, what's, what's on tap for you. What's, what's next for you? Yeah, thanks, Ian. The uh, book is The Sumter Gambit, How the Left is Trying to Foment a Civil War, and it will be out very soon. It's not at Amazon yet. It will be there in a few days, but it is at conservativereaders.com. That's conservativereaders.com. You can order it now, and it explains uh, what the left is trying to do to destroy the freedoms that we enjoy in this country right now. And then... uh, the uh, website is jihadwatch.org, where I track jihad activity. Also, it's got a section called the Left Column, which is about uh, exactly what we've been discussing, the left's encroachment on our freedoms, which is far more comprehensive than most people realize, and that's at jihadwatch.org. Ladies and gentlemen, Robert, Bruce, Spencer, Robert, until next time, thank you very much. Pleasure. Thank you. Uh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Pardon me. Um, look, I, <laughs> so I start, I, I, it, I'm, I'm in Miami beach. All right. I'm living in Miami beach, 2016. And a good friend of mine says, Ian, you got to look into the Zika virus. And from looking into the Zika virus, I then become abreast of a researcher that left the Hoover Institute at Stanford named Anthony Sutton. And Anthony Sutton was talking about something called an organization called the Skull and Bone Society out of Yale. Uh, the Skull and Bone Society, of course, uh, being linked to a guy named Adam Weishaupt, who was a Jesuit and uh, uh, part of uh, something called the Bavarian Illuminati, a branch of the uh, what was uh, in prior century known as the Spanish Alumbrados. Um, and I just started getting into a little bit about what Sutton was saying. Um, and he was talking about the corruption behind the Bush family, talking about the corruption in the government. This is like in the seventies, he's writing about this and he walks away from Stanford. They threatened to fire him and then he starts writing about it, I suppose, in the eighties and nineties. Okay. Got this right. So this all started with, uh, w- w- what had happened is I found the Rockefeller foundation involved in, the pesticide, and then also the uh, uh, the uh, uh, the virus called Zika, right? The pesticide being known as Nalin, um, and then that's what led me to uh, got me to San, uh, uh, Sutton. But here we have a whole other element with jihad, with the work that Robert's doing, and how that's surfaced a nasty, snarly head in America. Um, but the the work that he's doing now in regards to the left, and certainly he's taking, he's taken a side in as far as, yeah, I don't know how he votes, but as far as saying, Hey, the left is completely part of this threat to American democracy and constitution. Of course, the craft, 
the challenge, the, ta the, the task that they have or the strings that are pulling them, which is what I would argue, uh, is how that gets posed and presented to be pro-Constitution, pro-Republic, right? So, for instance, you've got to censor this speech because it becomes a threat. Uh, it'll damage you. It'll hurt you. But in contrast, the fact that speech is censored to begin with is what the threat is. So there's no threat to open dialogue, civil dialogue, two opposing sides having a peaceful debate. That is constitutional. That is free speech. That is healthy. That is civil. You know, I, I try not to take sides. And, and, and since I started the show, in 2016, the first show was January 2017. I began building it in 16, so I would say the shows began in 2016, and it did. Um, I have tried to stay neutral politically, and as I pull back, the answer to my policies lies on civil liberty, bill of rights, constitution, period. I, neither one of these parties existed in 1776, right? So it's it's a no-brainer. It's not a it's not a left or right thing in that sense. It's a it's a neutral. It's a constitutional thing. But what Robert clearly explains is that the left is fomenting this divide. So who is it therefore benefiting? Is it benefiting the jihad movements and the strings? Absolutely. What I urge you to look into, and I opened the show up by this, and I closed the last show by this, because that this is where I personally am at right now in the research that I do, and I do this for you. Of course, I do it for me so I can best understand what the threat to this country is, because we are divided. So where is it coming from? And what I conclude goes along those lines of, Anthony Sutton. Now, I urge you to learn more about what Robert is doing. What are the lines that he studies? He's been at this for three decades. The, you know, Jerusalem, of course, being the hotspot. I don't point fingers at the Jews. Okay, now, Islam is something I know very little about. That's why you buy Robert's work. Now, certainly, certainly these religious crusades in the Middle East, historically and currently, have been the problem. We've been very fortunate to be, if you have been, born into and inherited the laws of the United States. But these are fading, folks. They are fading. And, and, and like I said earlier, if you do not stand up, they will be gone. You must pass this podcast on to your friend, to a family member. You must get up the talk on the, uh, pick up the phone. You must write the email or write that mail. You must make your voice heard. And I suspect Robert is no different than you 
Robert is no different than me. Robert may be even, well, he may be different in that sense because he's representing a Muslim background, an Islamic background, right? If I, if I heard him correctly, that was his background. That was, that's his kind of his ancestry, right? Now, that might be yours as well. I don't know. So therefore, come if, 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 if the statement I just made is correct, and if it's, again, true, then he, as an ancestral inheritance of Islam, and I don't know where his family's from, but he likely works harder and he uh, grabs onto those American freedoms more. They're more important for him and people like him, perhaps, than would be someone like me. Right? So my ancestry is from Northern Europe. France, England, Scotland. Okay? And I can identify with that. Right? But perhaps... For Robert, these freedoms mean even more. And I think there's a lot of people like that, assuming that that, what I just made, that statement uh, 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 conceptual uh, explanation is is accurate, assuming that is correct. Uh, There's a lot of people as well in the United States that need to make a decision. And I think, unfortunately, you basically have to start. You don't have to necessarily take a left or a right stance. Um, And it just so happens with me personally that the right retains those values that I adhere to more, that I find important and dear. Um, I'm working with Social Media Freedom Foundation. been doing it for over a year and a half. Uh, This big big tech, I, I was... I was in Palm Beach and um, and I spoke to Governor DeSantis. He said to me face to face, right in my ear. He says, well, he's looking at me. He says, he says, Ian, we need to dismantle, dismantle Google. The reins, the strings, the reins that are controlling the big American corporations do not have our best interest. And I mean constitutional. I'm not saying left or right. This is a nonpartisan issue, ladies and gentlemen. This isn't about Hawking Jeffries getting up on the dais and poking fun at Mar-a-Lago or poking fun at uh, QAnon, whatever it may be. This isn't a right thing. This isn't a left thing. His liberties, civil liberties, are just as important as anybody else's civil liberties. That includes... Mine. That includes Matt Gates. That includes McCarthy. That includes Biden. That includes Pelosi. That includes Trump. That includes whoever it is. If you're an American, you need to start demanding that your liberties are upheld. Because like Robert just said, they are fading. And they are fading fast. So, in contest, I urge you. I urge you from my perspective, and again, my perspective is something I have, and it's different than yours, it's different than Robert's, but as you're listening to me, my perspective is that you look at these historical global 
power threats. And from my research, folks, they all go back to Rome. Now, that road may be different as you follow the work of Robert Spencer. Because again, he's a different person than me. But that's how I see things. Okay? And uh, I'm not I'm not here to tell you that jihadism is not a threat to the United States. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying as you follow the research and work that I do, it goes through the city of London, which is not part of the United Kingdom, folks. It is a central, sovereign, independent corporation that finances the monarchy. The city of London is a Roman banking center still operating today. And the monarch must ask permission to talk to them. That's how that works. So it goes from America, if you will, the United States, it goes from America through the city of London down into Switzerland. And it ends up through the Swiss Pontifical Guard, in my view, that personally, yes, the Swiss Guard, personally protects the Pope. But it doesn't stop there. Nothing's ever easy. And like I mentioned, you got to look at these historical power families. Orsini, Alderbandini, Orsini. Uh, Medici. The Medici and Orsini are still still around. Uh, and depending on what you look at, Pepe Orsini is considered the gray pope. So the black pope is the head of the Society of Jesus, the Jesuits. And for the first time ever in the Vatican's history, centuries and centuries and centuries, and certainly since the establishment of the Jesuits, which was 1540 under Ignatius, you have the first Jesuit pope. That's what Bergoglio, whatever his name is, pardon me if I've offended you, he's the Argentinian Jesuit known as Pope Francis. You see, the way the Vatican operates is the way all these other European monarchies have operated. And I agree, I agree with Robert. Freedom of religion is what I feel and believe the country was built on. But he's absolutely correct. Freedom of speech is the most important element to American liberties. Because once you simply can be criminalized for your speech, the country's lost. Right now, we can still speak freely. And therefore, and thus, I thank you for listening. And I urge you to pass this message forward. I urge you to call your politician. If you agree with the work they're doing, support them. Tell them they're doing good work. Let your voice be heard. If you don't agree with the literature that your children are learning, voice your opinion. Tell the teacher. Tell your school board. Tell your superintendent. You've got to get active, folks. You must. Or else the country 
will fall. It's just the way it is. But until next week, this is Ian Trottier for Discussion of Truth. I appreciate your time. Buy my book, Books a Million right now. Freedom Reserve, No More Lies. Coming out soon, Trying Day Publishing. Get, get a copy of Robert's book, Robert Bruce Spencer, ladies and gentlemen. And until next time, be awesome.